0: All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of The Simple Man's Guide to the Good Life. Finishing up the seminar series, so the past five weeks or so, six weeks, uh, a little over a month, has been reflecting on the seminar series, the seminar series, uh, the seminar that I give in person that I gave at my gym and that, you know, I will probably give again in the future, just giving you a little tidbit week to week, talking about the pillars of living a healthy Uh, optimized lifestyle Um, and again coming from maybe a slightly different perspective that's out there right now um, from a more ground level a more in alignment with nature level a more if you take ownership of these things if you start to think about these things differently these pillars we talked about you start to work on them for your own individual journey the tactics the things that will happen on the back end will be Complementing the result that you want, meaning, you know, when it comes to working on your mindset, mindfulness practice, what does quiet alone time for you look like? What what does a journaling practice for you look like, right? When it comes to nutrition, like we talked about last week, not necessarily getting dogmatic about diets that we adhere to, but more about building our own philosophy and in building our own philosophy, yes, eating a healthier, more well balanced diet. Um a lot of people will go straight to the tactics. I got to eat this way because so-and so said so I need to do cold plunges because so-and so said so. You need to learn what works best for you within the principles, the pillars of these things to help optimize different things. What things help you sleep? You know, somebody might say, well, for the last three hours of the night, I need to have no lights on and I need to have candles and I need to be reading. Maybe for some, for others, maybe it's hey, as long as 30 minutes before bed I'm not on a screen, I seem to sleep fine, right? So you got to figure out what works for you, okay? This last week, we are on relationships. Relationships are a huge part of living a thriving optimal life, especially in the modern age, which is what we're talking about, because loneliness is at an all-time high. The people that are reporting loneliness um, and the epidemic of loneliness is is continuing to go up and there's no mystery why, we have people working from home. We have uh, things now, like you can sit at home, work all day, watch TV, have food delivered to you. There's people that, people are continually leaving the social marketplace, right? Uh, It's also can be uncomfortable getting outside and, and meeting new people, whether that's just to make friends or intimate relationships, whatever it may be. And then you have the unfortunate aspect, which we'll talk about today, people who have friends or who are in intimate relationships but still feel lonely, and we're going to talk about why that is. But if you optimize all these other four areas that we talked about, from sleep to nutrition to movement to mindfulness, but you are lacking in relationships, there's going to be a level of emotional well-being that you're just not meeting. We as humans are social creatures, and if you are not being social, if you're not fostering friendships, intimate relationships... You're always going to feel something lacking. There's going to be resentment. There's going to be a lack of empathy for your fellow man, woman, right? Fellow human. Um, and that kind of leads me to the quote that I have from Marcus Aurelius today. Marcus Aurelius, one of the foremost Stoic philosophers, had a quote from meditations. Humans have come into being for the sake of each other. So we either teach them or learn to bear them. Essentially, he's saying human nature is... Is working with each other, is working alongside your fellow person, is building relationships. And we need to teach each other, we need to learn from each other, we need to work together. Um, And at the very least, we just have to realize like that's part of being alive. So we need to learn to get along, right? He says to learn to bear them. I like the idea of learn to get along, right? You know, you don't have to like everybody, but have empathy and and just realize we're all going through things. We're all struggling. And at our core, we are social beings, right? And so we need to accept that. And in doing so, we need to have strategies how we can foster healthy, meaningful, fulfilling relationships, both uh, friendships and intimate relationships. So where do we start? Well, we start with ourselves, right? We need to look in the mirror when it comes to relationships. I like to break the word down, relationship down into its parts. Right? You have the first part which is relation and then the last part which is ship. And I think if we look at that word, right, we can look at relation first. Well, what is what is relating? Well, relationships what you're really doing is if you think about it at its core when you meet somebody new, whether it's a platonic relationship, right, a friendship or you're going out on a date, whatever it is, you might not know it, you might not understand, but what you're doing is you're relating your life story to the person across from you or to the people in the room and you're seeing who relates back, right? So you're telling your story, you're talking about how you see the world, you're talking about your lived life experience, right? And that that ship part of relationship is almost, again, you can imagine a ship out on sea, it's an exploration, it's a voyage, that's life, Right? So really the word relationships, relationship is this word that is talking about, I am relating my lived life experience with others and I'm using empathy and self-knowledge when we relate to others and form bonds, right? So I'm relating my story to somebody else and then they're going to relate theirs to mine and we're going to see, okay, what do we have in relation to each other here? Do, are we on the same vibes are we picking up the same things here? And that's really how friendships form. That's how intimate relationships form, right? But to do that, you have to start with yourself. If you don't know your life story, if you don't really know how you interpret the world, if you don't know what your core values are, things you stand for, it can be very hard to relate to others in a meaningful way, right? You can do it on a surface level, but are you going to be able to do it on like that soul-to-soul level, right? Right? through, and, and this, this practice can kind of help, right? I think one of the biggest things about starting to work through the pillars we talked about like, the past couple of weeks is when you start to work on yourself, you start to build a massive amount of awareness around what you stand for, what things matter to you. Uh, and you start to build confidence in who you are because you go, this is who I want to become. This is what I'm working towards. This is where I build my guardrails. And I know through practice, these things are meaningful to me. And then you can show up that way in your relationships, right? We build a better connection to ourself when we take care of ourself doing these things, and then we can show up better for those around us, right? So really building a better relationship with self is the first step to building meaningful relationships. And you build a better relationship to yourself by understanding yourself. And how do you understand yourself? You start to take stock of who you are in this moment, who you're working to become, what things you stand for, what's important to you, and why, right? And once you can do that, you can start to really embody who you are and then find those people that relate to this person. I want to do a quick history lesson here because I think this is important. Um, I already said that like we are communal beings. We're social beings, right? 75,000 years ago, as of now, is the first known record of civilization, right? And it was hunter-gatherer tribes. That number continually gets getting pushed back as archaeological finds, scientific findings. But, you know, for now, let's just say 75,000 years ago. And that was hunter-gatherers in tribes, you know, very small tribes, communal living. Everybody had a role to play. You know, babies were being raised by multiple people at the same time. And then about 10,000 years ago, that was the end of that hunter-gatherer living. That from 75,000 years ago to 10,000 years ago. So that's 65,000 years living as hunter-gatherers. Then, you know, but even still, right, 10,000 years ago, things started to get a little bit more, not even industrialized. You just started to have people building houses and and, all that kind of stuff. But things were still communal, right? I mean, you had ancient Rome. You had Egyptian culture, right, all these things. They were still Communal in a sense, maybe not as communal as hunter-gatherers, but nonetheless still communal, right? It really wasn't until the late 1700s where industrialization started to take over. There was factories and a less communal form of living started to, to happen. Still slightly communal in the 1700s to really the 1900s, but this is where a slow degrade started to happen. And if we look at today... Right, we work from home. If we look at society, there's not a lot of communal outlets. Right, we maybe have churches, um, fitness like certain fitness classes like CrossFit gyms, yoga, etc. But there's not a lot, right? There used to be a, a market square where you'd come together type of thing, we don't have that anymore, right? Our communal outlets are all online, but that's as we know, if anybody's listening to this. Social media is not the same as being in person, right? And coincidentally, right? Not coincidentally, I guess loneliness is at an all time high. And it just makes sense based off of this timeline, right? From 75,000 years ago, pretty much up until the 1700s, we lived as hunter well, we lived as, uh, excuse me, communal beings, not hunter gatherers, but communal beings. Even at the bare minimum, we lived 65,000 years as. Communal beings and only 10,000 years as non communal beings, right? If we just look at, if you just want to argue that the only kind of communal being were hunter gatherers, well, okay, that's still 65,000 years as that and only 10,000 as non hunter gatherer communal beings. So we're still fighting our DNA when we're becoming secluded. We maybe only have one friend and we're not in relationships and we don't have a big, fr- a, a relative moderate-sized friend group, right? It's just going against our nature. And I really believe that this is one of the main reasons why so many people are feeling out of touch with other humans. They're feeling sad. They're feeling lonely, of course. Um, Depression is an all-time high. I really think it has to do with becoming more and more and more secluded, right? And I honestly believe this is like one of the main reasons for a lot of our political and social and economical challenges we're facing global challenges we're facing as we're becoming so insulated um that we're not willing to extend the olive branch to other humans and look at them empathetically and see them and that's just a byproduct of not being out and about and communicating and being with your fellow human um you start to get ingrained and indoctrinated when you stay inside your apartment or your house all day and so um it's, it's a problem. That's why relationships are so vitally important. From here, I kind of want to talk about the hierarchy of relationships, right? I, I kind of view relationships in a, a hierarchy, like the base, which has to be there for the other two things to stack on top, or at least the other two things to be successful. So the base of the pyramid of relationships is going to be your relationship with self, right? That's the foundation, The foundation of every other relationship you hold in your life, whether it's your family, your friends, your intimate partners, doesn't matter, is your relationship with yourself. And you have to work and cultivate to improve this and then that will help improve or give you new higher level relationships, right? But if you have not done work on yourself, if you haven't taken the time to work through trauma to ask yourself why you act the way you act, to ask yourself what core values do you hold to. To do any of these things, you're really not going to be able to show up as the best version of yourself in other relationships. And you're going to attract people who probably don't actually align with who you are. And you're continuing to ask yourself, why is that? Well, it's because you don't know who you are. You don't know what things about yourself you respect, you like, you don't like, you need to work on, whatever. You haven't take, You haven't done the hard work. The hard work is looking inside and going, what am I dealing with here? What's the inner workings? The only way you're going to have successful, meaningful, healthy relationships, both from a friend and intimate standpoint, is this first. If you bypass this, you will continually fail with friends and you won't understand why you have toxic friends, friends with drama, and you won't understand why all of your intimate partnerships seem to end in, in flames, there's always fighting, there's always gaslighting, it's because you have not taken the time to work on yourself. Once we start to build a healthy relationship with self, we move up to the next level, which is your friends and family. right? Friends and family is something that you're gonna continually work out, and through life stages and continuing to work on yourself, they're gonna change. Right? You may have some friends from high school that are different than they are now right i think it is normal and healthy to shed certain friendships or get new friends as you go through different stages of your life and you start to learn who you are right you got to be willing to get uncomfortable here too because telling somebody this friendship isn't working for me or even a family member right can be very uncomfortable and finding new friends can be uncomfortable getting in uncomfortable situations doing something new right These relationships are always gonna come and go, but they will always be part of our story, and that kind of works back to the self. It's important to understand that these relationships are relationships of choice. We choose who our friends are, and you don't choose your family, but once you become an adult, you choose, you get to choose who in your family you're going to give effort and time to, right? And again, if you've built a healthy amount of self-respect and you've done a lot of work on yourself, even when it can get uncomfortable and maybe it's a parent or something uh, telling them, hey, there's a boundary with you and I, it's an important thing. It's a very important thing. if It needs to happen. And then the top of the hierarchy is the intimate relationship. And in my opinion, um, the intimate relationship is the hardest relationship we will have But like all things, the most challenging thing can be the most rewarding on the other end of it. The reason it can be the most challenging is because these are the relationships that put a mirror up to who we are. They challenge us. They hit all the wounds, they hit all the trauma. Uh, We're vulnerable, we're intimate with these people. And if we haven't, again, done the work on ourselves, We maybe don't understand why we're getting angry at certain times or why we're getting pouty at certain times. And that can be really hard. But if you have done work on yourself, when these triggers come up, it can make us take a look inside and go, ooh, where's this coming from? Ooh, why am I reacting this way? And again, now we can start to work on ourselves. And I really think the intimate relationship and the self-relationship are really kind of uniquely intertwined in that but you have to have a healthy level of self-awareness to get that. You should not start here, and you should not seek an intimate relationship. What I mean by this is I think a lot of people, especially when they're younger, will seek outward validation, they will seek happiness, they will seek acceptance by finding an intimate partner bypassing working on themselves and a lot of times bypassing working on their friendship relationships and their family relationships and they'll go straight to an intimate partner and i think that is a fool's errand because you haven't taken the time to work on who you are in my opinion it's an opinion this is why a lot of marriages in the early 20s and whatever will end up either failing um and getting a divorce or there's a lot of tension and trauma around them uh through the 20s and then if both people can work on it together and they they do self-work together and they come back together they can eventually have a good relationship but i think you're bypassing all of this work on yourself um and getting straight to an intimate relationship it's it's a fool's it's a fool's error you need to work on yourself first it has to happen i'm not saying it exclusively like you need to be single exclusively to do that but i think it's easier to do it when you're single than inside of a relationship but it can be done inside of a relationship the don't seek part is this idea that this will naturally start to come for you once you've aligned your relationship with self and your relationship with friends and family right when you're focusing on yourself when you're focusing on your friends you're focusing on your career you're doing these things Things start to naturally happen in that you're putting yourself in situations where you can meet a person who aligns with who you are. And part of that means, yeah, going out and doing things. Part of that is understanding the things you like and then going and doing that. If I take the time to start doing different classes, doing different things, getting outside my comfort zone, and now I'm at a jujitsu class, and then I start talking to a pretty girl, right, who likes jujitsu, and now all of a sudden we're bonding, boom, right? So the nice thing about this too is it will be a more authentic meetup because you're doing the thing that speaks to you. Most likely this person is two, and now you're coming together, right? Whereas when you go out of your way to seek this relationship, right, it can sometimes not align with who you are, because again, maybe you don't know who you are or you're you're meeting a person in a setting that maybe doesn't really align with who you are but you're there because your friends want you there but you haven't taken time to work on your friend relationships and this is the friend group that goes out and parties every friday night and deep down you know you don't really like to do that but you're doing it cuz you want to feel connected to somebody oh and now you meet a girl out and that's the kind of girl that she is but really you don't like that kind of person but you want that attention and you want that love from somebody else so you go with it and now you're in a relationships one year down the line with somebody you really don't want to be in a relationship with who makes you feel less of yourself and you're not understanding why all the time you're fighting, and you wanna be out of this relationship. I went on a little rant there, but I think you get my point. Figure out who you are, figure out the things you like, embody the hell out of it, realize not everybody's gonna like that person, and it's okay, and find the people who align with you. Which is what we're gonna talk about here, authenticity. This word gets thrown, out, or thrown around a lot, but authenticity is key. To have meaningful relationships both with friends, with intimate lovers, with parents, whatever it is, we have to be willing to be vulnerable. And what I mean by being vulnerable is completely embody who you are at all times. Don't ever put on a mask, right? You have to show up as your most authentic self for all relationships to flourish. Because if you don't, these relationships are built off lies, right? We cannot people please, We can't work relationships under the template of wanting everyone to like us. If we people please, if we want everyone to like us, we're not gonna be willing to speak our mind. We're not gonna be wanting to say the things that we know we need to say. We're not gonna build boundaries. We're gonna end up resenting these people, right? To no fault of their own. You're not showing up as as who you are because you're afraid that they might not like you. Instead of going, I don't care if they like me or not because I like who I am, right? We have to like who we are in order to do this. Because if we don't like who we are, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to put on a mask. Oh, I don't want people to see the dark sides of me. I don't, the trauma, the all that. Instead of embodying like, yeah, man, I've had some shit in my past, but damn, look who it's made me today, right? So for me personally, I'll, I'll, I'll talk personally. There are a lot of people who will comment on my bru- brutal honesty. I am brutally honest with people. But I would rather be brutally honest with people than lie or even white lie just to make somebody feel good because now people know when they ask me a question or when they ask for my opinion, they know they're getting the most authentic answer they can. And it might offend somebody. It might hit in the wrong spot with somebody, but it's not on me for how they're going to interpret it. Like I'm never let me, I'm not outwardly ever going to be an asshole either, right? But I am always going to be honest. Um, I curse a lot. These are all things that just, it's who I am and I like who I am and it's not for everybody. I rub some people the wrong way and that's okay. I know in my heart of hearts, I love other humans. I want everybody to, to flourish. I'm not trying to be a bad person. It's just my style of talking my rough edges, maybe my brutal honesty, that's not for everybody. And that's okay. Right. But because of that, I'm able to have friends that know that about me that like love me for that. I have, I have people that literally ask for my opinion on something because they want that out of me. Right. And then my intimate relationship, my girlfriend knows I'm always being honest with her. And that if we get into conversation, she doesn't have to you know, work through, like, is that really what he means? Is he saying this to just make me happy or people please, you know? And to the point where, like, when I'm coaching and stuff, people know if I give them a compliment, I mean it, right? Because I maybe don't give those out a lot. I'm brutally honest with people in the gym with their technique and everything to the point where when somebody does something I think is really good, I will give a compliment and they will be like, oh, my God, that's awesome. Like, Sean gave me a compliment. I must have done something really well because I don't hand them out all the time because – I don't necessarily think people are always deserving of them just because they're showing up and putting in the work. I think that's awesome. But if you're there to like improve your technique and get better, I'm going to give you confidence when you're actually doing that, right? So that's who I am. And I authentically show up like that no matter whether I'm coaching, I'm out with friends, I'm talking to my parents, I'm on a date, right? When I met my girlfriend and that's really relaxing in a way because I don't ever have to feel like I'm, Acting like somebody I'm not and I have to say something that is isn't in alignment with who I am I, I don't have to parse through what I'm thinking I just say what's in my head and I show up like that in every situation of my life Does that rub some people the wrong way? Absolutely, I don't care because I like who I am and I like who I'm becoming Right. And so this is the idea of liking yourself versus loving yourself This comes from John Kim, the angry therapist Great, great relationship therapist Um, For me, the idea of loving yourself was always a little uh, trite, a little mm, not too positive, but it seemed a little narcissistic. And so I like the idea of liking yourself more, right? And so the idea of liking yourself, right? Liking yourself is an understanding of your values and your journey, right? It's understanding where you started, where you are and where you're going. Whereas loving yourself can be kind of like, you're portraying this like perfect narrative. You're kind of hiding from the pain, you're hiding from the hurt, you're hiding from the journey, or you're not very open about it, right? You're just kind of like, not ignorance is bliss, but you're just kind of like painting this rosy picture of your life because you go, well, I love myself so everything is beautiful. Everything's been beautiful all the time. That's not true, but it's okay that that's not true, right? it's this wreck liking yourself is this recognition that you're like an unfinished product right you're like i got a lot i still got to work on i've worked on a lot i like where i'm at but i still got a ways to go i have seen loving yourself almost turning into this like i'm perfect the way i am i'm a special little snowflake right and this idea that you're perfect just the way you are doesn't take into recognition the reality that no you're not nobody is everybody has shit they got to work on and will continually need to work on and you got to be honest with that when you think you're perfect the way you are that can start to build narcissistic tendencies and start to have issues down the line which we'll talk about here in a minute liking yourself is a clear self-awareness of where you're going right so you kind of recognize you're an unfinished product but you're very aware of like I'm unfinished, but I know where I'm going, and I know the tactics I'm implementing to get there, and I'm on my way. Whereas loving yourself, again, you're a finished product. I'm perfect the way I am. I don't need to work on myself. If anybody gives me feedback on what I need to work on, they're wrong. They're gaslighting me. Again, unrealistic, unhealthy way to go about life. It's just not true, right? Somebody can give you a very good critique, right? Not be mean about it. and Be like, hey, here's something I think... And you can go – and then you can go, oh, maybe I do, right? And so liking yourself is this willingness to take criticism but also simultaneously know when to stand up for your beliefs. So when you like yourself and you've built this self-awareness, you have like a filter system built in. When somebody says something to you, you can automatically filter it through and go like, oh, is that criticism fair? Okay, cool. That's actually good criticism. I think that's something I'm going to work on. Or you can go, oh. I see where they're coming from. That doesn't really align with like what I'm trying to do here and the values I hold to, but I understand where they're coming from. Whereas this loving yourself is like, again, I'm always right. Everyone else is wrong. If anybody critiques me, I now have a right to get angry at them because they're being rude. They're being inconsiderate, right? And you know, if somebody was rude and inconsiderate when they said it, different. But like nine times out of 10, that's probably not the case. But because you have this like... It's narcissism masked as self-love. And I think that's my problem with where love yourself has gone, uh, especially with social media, is the people that I say I see really promoting love yourself, in my opinion, can be narcissists. Uh, I'm not clinically diagnosing, but they, they seem to have narcissistic tendencies. And so I just never could get with love yourself because unfortunately, that was where I was seeing that play out. But then when I heard John Kim talk about liking yourself, I'm like, ooh, I align with that. So some of you might be listening to this and be like, I don't know, Sean, like loving myself is what you're saying liking yourself is. If that's the case, then it's really just a, you know, we're just parsing through vernacular here. If, if self-love is what I just talked about with liking yourself, then yes. Right. But, um, I think it's important to distinguish between the two, especially in the era of, uh, social media. Right. And that kind of like Liking yourself versus loving yourself, when you get to the point of liking yourself, that's when you can show up authentically, right? In relationships, in friendships, in just everyday life. And then when you start to show up authentically, guess what starts to happen? Your friend and family relationships start to change. You start to attract those partners that align with who you are, right? And you start to, then it's a positive feedback loop. Then you start to build even more confidence in yourself and like who you are because you recognize oh, there are people that are attracted to this kind of person who is just authentically themselves, right? So relationships are very important in the modern era, and it really starts with our relationship with self, learning through authenticity um, and liking ourselves, how we can build a better relationship with ourselves, and then through that, build better relationships with friends, family, intimate partners, and so on. And in the one-on-one simple guide, what we do is we start to build your own authentic life philosophy, specifically around the pillars we talked about. But in that, you start to think differently about who you are and how you show up and what boundaries you wanna build. And in that, you discover really like who you are and what things you like about yourself and what you stand for. And you experiment with detaching from the value judgments you've been placing on yourself. And then that allows you to reattach to who you are and who you wanna be more fully and reattach to those those other relationships more fully. And then again, that just helps you build new, deeper, meaningful relationships with yourself. So this is the last uh, podcast I'm gonna do here for the seminar series. Last thing I wanna say on this is, again, this is a seminar series, but this is one-on-one coaching I do with people. I have about three people finishing up. Uh, well, I have two people finishing up right now. I have another person in the middle of it. It is a 12-week 12 to 13 week start to finish program where we are working through each of these pillars each week. We have some um, challenge protocols to help with tracking sleep, to implement uh, wind down and wake up routines, uh, work on your relationships with food, all these kinds of things. Uh, You'd be getting a a weekly call with me, an hour-long call with me to reflect on your week and reflect on how things are going. You have weekly education videos kind of talking about the things we talked about in the seminar. Um, But there's tangible things to work on every single week of the 12 weeks. There's tangible feedback and talking with me and working through things. And the feedback I've gotten on this is huge, that this is life-changing stuff, that this is the first time any habit change or lifestyle stuff has worked and stuck. And that's because we're getting down to the core of it, the root of it. We are working on who you are and how you show up and how you identify in this world. And so it's meaningful stuff. So if you are interested in the one-on-one coaching, you, uh, you just want to see what it's about. You can book a call with me. Again, if you are interested in this, email me, seanatupreachcrossfit.com. You can DM me uh, on Instagram, sranney25, or Simple Man's Guide to the Good Life. Um, and I would love to talk to you about this and see if this is something that would fit for you. Otherwise, next week, we're gonna get back into just kind of the normal podcast topics where I'm just talking about things that are going on in my life and how I'm thinking about them in the realm of kind of philosophy, in the realm of how I'm I'm dealing with it from these pillars and, and everything like that. So we'll kind of get back to more of that. And um, yeah, I hope you guys have a great week. I hope you think about your relationships with others, but even more importantly with yourself and um, get after that. So. Have a great week, guys, and I will see you next week for the next one.